friends, I'm Stephanie Wessel. Welcome to Messy Talk. Here in this space is where we get messy. Mental, emotional, spiritual, self-reliance work is literally a mess. When you start to wade into the aspects, either one at a time or all at once, life can get and feel very messy. Here, you will find the space to have the conversations about navigating yourself through the mess and into the truth of how strong, capable, and messy you really are. Let's get honest. Let's get real. Let's get messy. 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 Welcome back to Messy Talk. Thank you for coming. This episode is going to be special, special, special. We have one of my pride and joys. My oldest child, Skylar Charlie Wessel, is in the building. She's in the house. The tween herself is here. And I don't know about you, but I just love the idea of having a tweenage dream episode in which I can kind of glance back at my own tweenage dreams and then kind of compare them to what's going on right now in raising a tween. They don't tell you how to parent. They do not tell you how to parent. (laughs) Better hope you had a good experience either watching or raising your siblings or had a good family that you were around because they just send you home with a baby most of the time. And then the newborn phase is obviously hard. The toddler phase is hard. Then you start realizing as a parent, all of these milestones and all of these different parenting zones that we go into are, are equal measure hard and beautiful for what they are. And luckily, Skylar, as our oldest, gets to do all of those milestones as a first on her own. She will forever be our first as parents. So every time she does something for the first time, we're going through it for the first time as parents. And that is a trip sitting on this side of the parenting journey when you realize that, A, you're responsible for this little human being. (laughs) She looks at you. It's a heavy kind of crown to wear, one of which I love. This child has saved my life. Um, She's been pure magic since the day she was born and very special. And I just, it's such an emotional time to parent a girl and a boy, I'm assuming. I don't have a boy yet, so I'll let you know in a couple years when we're there. But as a mother to go through this stage, I think a it's scary as shit. This wasn't particularly a great age for most girls. And we carry a lot of baggage about being women that I think we innately dump on our daughters. And why this work is so important to do is because they're watching and they're listening and they're going to be creating their opinions about life based on what they're most around. So it's muy importante as parents and why I decided to become a parenting certified coach, positive parenting certified coach, because I need to be in a space where that is important. Positively parenting my kids is important. I'm not about that generation that spanks kids and smacks kids and tells them, you know, don't hit your brother as I spank you on the butt. I'm not about that life. I have spanked Skylar when she was littler. That's something that I have done. Not, I think, since she was out of diapers. I think she was still in diapers when we stopped that. But 
I'm not a perfect parent. I yell more than I should. I lose my patience more than I should. But I'm committed to doing this work so that they know that I'm a human and I'm doing my best. That I'll never stop trying to do my best for them because they're worth it. So a lot of this work as a tween, raising a tween, has been a lot of my work. Uh, I underwent a course called Wonder Child in which you kind of go back into some stuff that maybe was a bit traumatic or maybe it was a bit healing, maybe it's a bit exploratory, but you find yourself at an age when some behaviors or some limiting beliefs may have come up and you try to like rewrite the script on those feelings. What served you when you were those ages is not necessarily something that will serve you as an adult. The way that you behaved or reacted from a certain behavior is going to be different at the age of 40 than it was when I was 12, 13. I had a great childhood. It was idyllic. I lived in a court. Somebody took some letters off of the court sign. It was nocturne. Ended up being no-turn court my entire elementary life. I wasn't a really big fan of the mean girls in elementary school, of which there was two. And they kind of rotated, making everybody's life real hard. So I just decided tetherball and dodgeball was where I was at because that was not dramatic. That was you play, you lose, you sit out, you get on better and you don't no ropesies, you know, ball don't lie. <laughs> I think that's where I just started removing myself to like sweat it out from an early age. That answers so many questions, but nope. Not going to be part of this. I'm going to go over here. I had an older brother, one in which I idolized, one in which got a lot of trouble. So he taught me all the good lessons and all the bad lessons. And I took notes. I took copious notes. And I realized that I turned into one of those people that watched people. I was really, he he gave me the ability to know that I should always have somebody do something first. (laughs) He made me a non-risk taker, if that is something. So I was never really one to put myself out there. Uh, I was cool just taking the cool road. I liked books. I got the Braveheart soundtrack and a wicked sweet radio set up in my room with a CD player. So the Braveheart soundtrack was blaring and all the instrumental. There's no words in any of those songs. None. Mostly instrumental. And mostly just amazing. And at 12 and 13, that's where I was at. Golly, that answers a lot of questions. But the cranberries, that was my teen angst. I didn't get in trouble. I didn't want to get in trouble. There was enough trouble being had in my house without me having to step in. Whether that created a cautious kid, who knows? But I was good. And I don't have those stories. I had a solid group of friends. They moved to a new neighborhood when I was going into seventh grade. So scary, right? I think, oh, I could never do that to my kid right now. It would be so hard for her to make friends. I loved it. It was probably really hard. I knew not one person when I walked on campus, but I met one person right away in my homeroom class, Katie, and she was rad. We became friends. We hung out all the time. She had a little brother. I went to their house all the time. She was close to the school. I lived far from the school because there wasn't a middle school close to where we lived. It was awesome. But I moved schools two years later and I had a whole new group of friends. And then I moved schools two years later to another high school to play volleyball. A whole new group of friends. I made great friendships in each of those chapters, but none that kind of flowed the entire length 
And so I think that that really made me think of friendships as far as I love all these people and I don't necessarily need to talk to them every single day to know that I love them. And I look back at literally all the friends that I had growing up from elementary school to high school. And now, you know, my high school friends, the ones that I still talk to, the club players, like they're amazing. Every single person I went to high school with is amazing. I wish I still talked to most of the people I went to my first high school with. They were all amazing too. I never wound up in a, in a bad crew. It just wasn't my vibe. I had a roadmap of that ahead of me and I saw that and I saw the choices of having people with bad intentions around you and what that led into and that led into risky behavior and I wasn't about it. I was not about it. Thank God. Thank goodness, right? But then you kind of look back and you say like, is that why you're so scared to make risky decisions now? And then you're also like having to take it easy on yourself as you parent this tween. How I have to think back. I have to think back about what my priorities were, what my what my life was like, what's going on. Everything has changed so much in the time that we were there. Like my most prized possessions were that was that crystal phone that you could see all the inside parts to and it was a home phone because we didn't have cell phones and it was a home phone. It was in my room. It was in my room when I was in seventh grade and all my homies were going to call me on my landline. If I was home, they were going to get me on my crystal phone. That's what I prioritized. My daughter has a cell phone. She got a cell phone at 12. She was one of the last ones of her friends to get a cell phone at 12. Who are you calling, boo? Where are you going? I know where I've got to get you. Like, Why are we rushing this so much? And I know we did too. But as a parent, I got to ask, why are we rushing this so much? I'm the last person to get my daughter an e-bike. I'm really, I think I might be the last person. And I guess I got to talk to the rest of you parents. What in the actual F word are you thinking getting your 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds these really expensive bikes? You can't see me right now, but I'm like blinking really fast. (laughs) I feel like we should have parenting classes in which we talk about what is the appropriate time so that you don't have that one guy that makes everybody look bad when they're getting their kid the cell phone at eight. And then, you know, all the things are happening. And it's like, why didn't we didn't sign off on e-bikes until we were 14? 14. Okay. Two years before they get their license. Cool. These kids on e-bikes right now, and I've never felt more old saying this, scares the dickens out of me. Half of them aren't wearing helmets. Half of them are carrying two to three friends on the back with no shoes. And they're going like 25 miles an hour. That doesn't sound fast, but it is fast when you are on a bicyclette. Bicycle. Not a motorcycle. They're, they're, they're wearing jean shorts and flip-flops with no helmet or the helmet that's not strapped. Scared scared. And that's one of the biggest bones of contention with my daughter. We're not going to get into it here, but that is. I'm a bad mom right now in our house <laughs> because I won't get her any bike. She gets it. She gets why, but she doesn't she doesn't agree with it, and that's okay. And as a parent, I got to sometimes do some stuff that my kids are not agree with. I have to I have to know why I'm doing it, and it's her safety. And I trust my kid, but I don't trust other drivers with their cell phones who are not supposed to have them and distracted drivers when you're on a bicycle. Not yet. This is the one where I'm going to say as a parent, I need you to stay in your lane a little bit more. We've been talking a lot about that. Staying in your lane. 
be a kid, play outside, put the cell phone down for a second, run around, walk the dog, get into some trouble in the neighborhood. The good trouble. Don't rush to the next chapter because it's there. It'll happen. Enjoy all the moments. Soak them up. It, ha- it, it leaves you too fast. This tween time when you can still act like a kid and not have to have the consequences of those actions, it's, it's fleeting because we are taller people. We don't look like the age we are. We never did, my husband or myself. And we have children that don't look their age. They're, they kind of look twice their size from birth. So people kind of, my mom said when I had them, they're going to expect more from your kids. They're going to think they're older. And I, I remember that as I parent my tween who's 12 and she's 5'8". And she wears a bigger size shoe than me. And she's rad. She doesn't get yet that she stands out. And I want to keep it that way for the sole reason that I did. I grew up in an area where I stood out. My height alone literally made me stand out. And it's something that I was kind of embarrassed of my entire life. But she's being raised by people who stand out. So in her mind, it's a family thing. It's a family affair. And I'm so proud of that. So I will continue to be big and take up space because I want my daughters and my son to know that it's okay. Don't ever apologize for being you no matter what. Being kind to yourself is not necessarily something that's taught. We often think you need to be kind to other people. Did you have manners? Did you have please? Did you have thank thank yous? But you didn't have a lot of whole look in the mirror and say, I love you. You're so awesome. There's not another one of you. And so in raising Skylar, I realized how much I needed to love myself so that my insecurities would not hinder her. My insecurities with what I grew up with and what what I had problems with or didn't have problems with when I was a tween are not what she's going to have. So my only job is to let this kid know that she is loved beyond measure and that her role models that she looks at love themselves beyond measure and do the work to continue to love themselves. So, you know, there is no right way to parent. There is no wrong way to parent. I just think that for me, I have learned that I have to do the work. I have to get the certifications. I have to be around the people that give you a a different way. It's not a better way. It's not a right way. It's not a wrong way. It's a different way. And as long as I am continuing to show them that I am willing to put in the work, they are my top priority. In maintaining them as my top priority, I got to take care of myself. I've got to take care of myself. So that when they go out eventually and they want to become parents and they want to have their tweens, if that's in the cards for them, they will remember that it all starts with a happy home. One of my favorite stories about the girl that's coming up next is when she was less than two. She was on her Strider bike and those are those little learning bikes and you don't know how to, they don't have pedals. So they're just balance bikes basically they teach the little ones how to balance well she was so big that she couldn't she just wanted to walk it she didn't want to sit on it and and walk it she just wanted to walk it so she had it in between her legs but she was walking completely had her little bunny helmet on and everything and she looks right in the camera and thank goodness we had a camera because cell phones still were kind of you know they were still coming along even when Skylar was a baby so I have it on video but she looks right at the camera and she goes here comes Skyer here comes Skyer. And I think about that when I look at this beautifully evolving daughter of mine every single day. I think, here comes Skyer. 
and she's going to kick so much ass. Without further ado, here's my girl. Hi, Skylar. Welcome to Messy Talks. Thanks for talking to your mom today. You're welcome. All right. So I sent you a list of questions to kind of familiarize yourself with what we wanted to talk about today. A lot of people wanted to just see kind of your experience, your opinions on different things we may or may not do as parents. So let's just start. What are some of the things that you think your parents do well? Like talking to me about how my day was and how school went, how practice went, just like the things in general that parents need to know about their kid. So we're good about that. We're proactive about that. You think that like we genuinely care about what's going on with your day? Yeah. Perfect. All right. So in reverse of that, because, you know, we can't always be perfect, even though we really are very close. Uh, What are some of the things you think that your parents need to work on? Probably patience. Patience. That's a great, great, (laughs) it's a great example of something we need to work on. Now, can I get an example of like when or like in a situation, when can we work on patience? Because I think part of the thing that we mess up on, especially as parents, is that we don't even know we're doing it wrong until it's done. And then that's hard to fix. It's hard to make amends once we've like overparented or we've stepped into something that we shouldn't have, we should have let you guys handle on your own. What's an example of when you would want us, your dad or myself, to have more patience? Maybe like when I'm getting ready for like sports and like school. And Perfect. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about that patience. Um, I run the line right now. We're working a lot on trying to teach you guys independence, right? And we're trying to be at a certain place at a certain time. We set alarms if we need to be ready. And so I've been big on with three of you guys going to three different things in a day and me having to be the one driver doing it. We've really tried to push the importance of getting yourself ready. What do you need? Your bag with your stuff in it. What sport? Is it soccer today? Is it volleyball today? What What do we need to have success for our practice slash game? What do we need to have? And then it usually ends up with you guys saying something along the lines of, I know, I know, I know. And then waiting until the last minute. Is this sound accurate or is this sound like I'm being a parent right now? It sadly sounds accurate. (laughs) So in your opinion, if I had already kind of set the ground rules and you guys knew what time we were leaving and you knew all the things that needed to be ready... At what point should I buy myself some more patience? Me, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll work on it. It's more towards dad. Like he's very like not patient about a lot of things. Like whether it's me coming down the stairs and he's right behind me, he'd like be like, hurry up, bro. (laughs) Hurry up, bro. Well, he does have long legs. But yeah, we'll talk about that with him. I think on the next messy talk. Just kidding. Maybe we should have a family affair. All right. Well, we'll work on the patient aspect as long as we start working on the accountability aspect. Okay. That goes hand in hand. We'll be patient when you start being accountable. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And here's the next question. What would you say in your life as a 12-year-old that goes to um, middle school right now? What would you say that in your day causes you the most stress? 
Um, definitely like having six classes and three classes a day you have homework and sometimes you don't have homework sometimes you do it's just like coming home having to rush to a sport coming back you have like little time to do your homework and especially because right before bed you know you want to go to sleep and you have a two-hour practice you come home you have to have dinner too and you only have like about an hour to do all your homework stacked up on that one day it's a lot you guys are going from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed Yes. Do you want to talk about the bedtime thing right now, or do you not want to talk about the bedtime? How do you feel about bedtime right now? It's annoying because I know that when Scarlett turns 12, we're probably going to have a later bedtime and I have to wait till four years, right? Did I do that right? Four years? Yeah, four years until I get to have, like, no bedtime. Oh, well, let's be honest about your bedtime, child. It's been whatever you'd like it to be your entire life. <laughs> facts. She's the worst sleeper in the house. Like, hashtag facts. I'm not even going to let you respond to that one. Okay. <laughs> what are some of the jobs that you have here in the house? Does this mean, like, chores? Okay, funny story, actually. Um, I'd, like, when I'm bored, I'd make myself, like, a little chore chart, and I'd say, oh, my God, I have to finish this, and then I'd do it one day, and the next day I'm kind of like, Nah. And I mean, I only get money when I do it. So sometimes I'd have like walk Sally, pick up her poop, do the dishes, clean up the kitchen. That's usually what I do. Yeah. You're pretty good about doing it when you want to. I know. And you're pretty good about not doing it when you don't want to. Also, I know. (laughs) What do your parents say to you before your sporting events, before your tryouts, before your practices, before your games? Always have fun, play hard. Always have fun, play hard. Yeah. It's like our family motto at this point, right? When you're a parent, or if you decide to be a parent, we're not saying that you have to, but how will you raise your tween? differently than how you are being raised well if it's the oldest if it's it's like a different story so i'd make sure that they'd get their time and like attention as like the same amount as attention as the middle child or like the youngest child i just want to make sure that they all have their attention when they need it and stuff like that perfect all right so rapid fire questions from skylar I didn't add this one, but like how many nicknames would you have if we're just talking about it? We're like Sky, Money. At least like five because there's Sky, Chuck, Chuck, Charlie Bear. Um, I think that's it. Money. I don't remember that one. Yeah, you were a little baby and everybody called you Money. I mean. Or what about sky Well, Money isn't wrong. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Uh, sushi or your spaghetti. What's your favorite school subject? Math, even though I'm... It's hard to pay attention in this It's challenging. Yes. What are some of your hobbies? I've actually been recently liking um, peppering against the wall since um, you were not checked off to do that with me. So... Yeah, she's to see. She gets that PT lingo. She hasn't been cleared for left and right access yet. We can't, we can't, we cannot Peppa yet until uh, the D. So volleyball. Yeah, volleyball, soccer, and then I just recently made my school team for volleyball. Word on the street is you're a singer. I am. 
I'm not going to make you sing. Don't worry. Okay, thank you. But everybody always says that to us. Like, what are you going to do with her and her voice? Uh, what am I going to do with her voice? I don't have a voice like Skylar, so. To sum up what you just said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> where in the world do you want to go? Where, If you could go anywhere, where would you go? Bora Bora. Sweet. Okay, so next question. Hot, hot weather or cold weather? Cold weather. Bora Bora, but cold weather. Bora Bora, but make it cold. Oh! Beach or mountains? Beach. Which parent is more fun? You. Ooh. <laughs> what do your parents do that's embarrassing? My mom jumps in the car. She, like, dances to the songs, rolls down the window, and, like, starts screaming. And my dad... First of all, screaming or interpretive dancing? Like, two very different things. Please don't call it screaming if I'm getting down, okay? But okay, from your... Per- see? From her perspective, I'm screaming. Yeah. Okay. But my dad is on the chill side. He's not really intense about it. So, But what does he do to embarrass you? He doesn't? He's more chill? Well, he kind of... Like, when my friends come over, he's, like, asking them a bunch of questions like, what do you do for fun? And it's kind of just like... Mind your own business, bro. You have two other children in this house that you can ask those questions for. So. <laughs> okay, great. No questions ever. Got it. Check. Who do you look most like? I feel like I'm a mix of both of you guys, to be honest. Like, I just... Okay, I have my mom's eyes, right? Um... I think I have my mom's freckles, too. I also have my grandma's freckles. My dad, I have... What do I have that's dad's? Your feet. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I have your hands, and I have my dad's feet. I mean, that's, that's facts. Facts. Who do you act most like? My dad, and sometimes you. Like, I... My dad, and like, I'm kind of like a copy and paste of my dad. He's like, I like to be, like, I like to tell my siblings, and I don't, I don't know. I kind of, I talk to my sister the way that my dad talks to me, and, and then I act like my mom. Like, I talk to my siblings the way my dad talks to me, and then I act like you and what does that mean very upbeat personality Ooh, girl skylar it has been a dream a tween age dream you're not getting an e-bike it's not christmas yet okay you're not getting an e-bike and i know that we are the worst parents in the world for not getting you an e-bike but i'm okay with that and i love you so much thanks for coming on messy talk and uh i hope we do it again soon Mm-hmm. Bye. Mental, emotional, spiritual self-reliance work is messy and ongoing. I appreciate you showing up and trusting in yourself enough to know that you were made for this. If you'd like to learn more about Messy Talk, you can find me on Instagram at messy underscore talks, or you can find me at www.yourinfinitelifeonline.com under coaches. I'm Stephanie Wessel. Thank you for being messy. See you again next time on Messy Toss.